0: Hey, welcome to uh, the Robert Shad Bell show. We're about to begin. It's the 11th of October, 2022, 10, 11, 22. Um, this first hour, we've got a guest for the first time on Curtis Bay, another tragic story of loss during COVID, not because of COVID per se, but because of the protocols that kill people that go into hospitals. We've lost too many for that. Uh, so Curtis is going to share his story and, uh, well, these stories need to be told. Uh, First and foremost, the feds. Did you know that these emails were revealing a concerted effort to make your life miserable? Remember when some of the the leaders of the free world, Canada elsewhere, said we're going. You know, it's a pandemic of the the unvaccinated. Uh, it's going to be a dark winter for people who are not vaccinated. On and on it goes. How are they going to get you to jab yourself or get your kids jabbed if you didn't want to? Story about how they targeted your kids. That's coming up. Also, socialized medicine's failure. It's economics. It's simple economics. Uh, We're going to get into that out of Great Britain. Uh, More glyphosate sprayed everywhere. What were the eight worst inventions of the past century? Just decimating our health and safety. And finally, what do they want to tax in New Zealand to save the world from warming? Or is it cooling? Or is it changing? Yeah, that and a whole lot more. Share the show, com slash listen, and we'll get this healing party started right about now.
1: The Robert Scott Bell Show.
0: Show. All right, we're back at it on the 11th of October. This week, we're getting ready to head to the Health Freedom Expo outside of Chicago, Tinley Park Convention Center. Very exciting. Lots of amazing uh, old friends we'll reunite with, some new uh, that have never been there, including Dr. David Martin, which I'm very excited about reconnecting with David. He'll also be uh, one of the keynotes at the Red Pill Expo, November 12th and 13th in Salt Lake City. So, Upcoming events are in the tabs at upcoming events tab at robertscadbell.com. If you are getting the newsletter, you already know this. If not, then text RSB to 22828, the number 22828, then send my initials RSB, and you'll get plugged in to that newsletter and all of the good that it is actually doing and giving you perspective on uh, what's going on out in the, out there in the world and also plugging you in to great offers, great options, great deals. We're going to tell you a little bit about this in a, in a bit, the Fulvic Minerals deal, from our friends at Touchstone Essentials, guess what? Another $5 introductory deal. And and they say, this is what they said last time we did this, if you're in Australia, if you're in England, if you're in Europe, if you're in Canada, everywhere that you can take advantage of this. So the fulvic minerals we'll get to. I just want to plant the seed. Super Don sent a little bit of the information out about that. We'll cover that. That's another good news introduction for you. Five bucks, you can get some serious fulvic and uh amazing minerals in, in you very, very inexpensively. So give that a go. And uh, more than that, we've got a lot of upcoming events we'll get to, but first and foremost, I want to let you know uh, about, well, excuse me, as I bang into this uh, microphone holder, what do they call this thing? A boom, (laughs) flexible boom. You know what? The federal government, we talk about the federal government a bit because it seems to be intruding and invasive into our lives and the lives of people all over planet earth. Well beyond the constitutionally prescribed limitations on its behavior by enumerating only specific powers that it was granted by the states and the people. And one of the things not granted to the federal government, whether it's an emergency declaration or not, is to make your life a living hell so that you will do what the federal government wants you to do. What did I I say? Yeah, I said that. That the federal government would be actively engaged in coercing people through making their lives difficult, in order that they will accept an investigational experimental injection of the mRNA variety. And the kids were not getting it as much as the feds wanted them to get it. What could they do to make the kids go to mommy and daddy, say, mommy, daddy, I want this shot. Get me this jab or else. What would the feds do? What could the feds do? And if you look in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com, the first article reveals it. Some are calling this shocking, but it's an email among the Freedom of Information Act requests that are being released where the feds are now overtly. Again, they were doing this secretly, but now we know purposefully making kids miserable during the COVID pandemic to coerce them into getting the COVID jabs. The federal government's response to COVID-19 pandemic may already be one of the most infamous chapters in U.S. history. The, The article here starts at Becker News. But new evidence keeps coming to light that reveals the experts were every bit as cynical and dishonest as most citizens had figured out years ago, many and for us, decades ago. So check this out. August 2021, an email by the U.S. Department of Education and Hartage, that's how I perceive, or Hartke, Office of Communications and Outreach, following up on a conversation between Eric Haggerty, who is now Pennsylvania's current Secretary of Education, Tara Pischewitz, Ah, uh, deputy chief of staff for Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, Jack Gork. Every one of these last names are not easy to say. I'm, I'll have you know. <laughs> deputy chief of staff for Fe- federal.
1: Don't they have anybody Governor named Wolf. Smith and or
0: Jones or something? Right. Well, I guess go- Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf has an easy <laughs> name in that room. <clears throat> but it is in incredible what it reveals, and they have a copy of the letter. And Super Don could scroll down and show it. You can go full screen on this and uh here one of the sub aspects of this letter email not sure if you saw this yesterday but president biden along with secretary cardona in addition to calling for every school district to host a vaccine clinic announced next week as a national back to school week of action introduced a slew of initiatives on youth vaccinations now let's go down further into the bulleted points here as we discussed on the call this is in the email we have seen leveraging athletics and extracurriculars as a way to boost youth vaccinations be an effective tactic across the country students want to avoid the risk of needing to quarantine for 14 days and coaches and parents who also want to avoid this many districts have begun preseason practices and so it would be be good places to host clinics right now Dude, I remember this because my kid, my daughter is in high school. Fortunately, she's in a high school that is much more, uh, honoring of free agency, so to speak. The ability to make decisions about your life and your health without coercion. Yet even they fell for this. Well, if you want to participate in extracurricular activities, you'll now have to get jabbed. Or if you haven't, you'll any number of things tested on and on it went. Well, it turns out that was coming down from the federal government to coerce kids to beg their parents for the shots because and many of the parents would not want them. And then you go, well, I want my kid to be in extracurricular activities and sports. How heinous, how evil, how disgusting is this? How surprising is it? If you've been following along the bouncing ball of the federal government's largesse and growth beyond constitutional limitations, that has been going on now for centuries, not just decades you're probably not surprised. But now we see those young athletes, many of whom got the shot to be able to go play play sports, dropping dead of cardiac events. Oh, myocarditis, that's mild, it's mild, it's mild. It's like when you have heart damage, there's no such thing as mild heart damage. And that damage often does not ever recover. You don't recover from it. So long-term life outlooks are not good for people even with what they call mild versions of heart inflammation cardiac inflammation or the inflammation around the sac of the heart. And this is this is your federal government at work. Shout out to Scott Shera and uh, our amazing grace.net Kevin uh, Tuttle gave me this shirt when we were together at the Your Health Freedom event this weekend hospitals the new killing fields. The only thing I would say in reference to this, and we're going to talk more about this with uh, Curtis Bay today on the Robert Scabbell Show. He's going to join us momentarily, talk about the loss of his wife through the protocol kills, so to speak, getting these people into hospitals and they were not cared for. They were murdered. The hospitals are not the new killing fields. It's just new for those who weren't aware of the things I've been pointing out now 23 years into my broadcast schedule. That is Modern medicine, the third leading cause of death. Hospitals, a leading cause of death. Long before there was COVID protocols that included destroying the kidneys with remdesivir and putting a fire hose worth of air in a ventilator into a body, into lungs, into blood that wasn't able to carry oxygen, likely because the blood cells lacked adequate copper for the iron to be utilized because many were on high doses of zinc and vitamin C, among other things that could deplete copper or the copper that wasn't there, and then you add into the mixed gain of function spike proteins that were either being produced via naturally, uh, you know, interacting environmentally with things, and or mRNA injections or other COVID vector injections that would facilitate the production of ten nanometer small spike proteins that could puncture the integrity of any cell in the body wherever it went, wherever it goes and they don't have any limitation onto their ability to transit anywhere in the body. And so your federal government is owned and controlled by the Pharmaceutical Church, which is part and parcel to the efforts of the World Economic Forum to establish a great reset by reducing global population, taking control and ownership of all things you thought you controlled and owned, and claiming that you'll be happy. Because they'll provide everything for you. They'll give you everything. And of course, a government powerful enough, rich enough, if you will, even artificially, to give you everything you want is certainly powerful enough to take away everything you need and vice versa. I mean, you, anything you want, need, doesn't matter. Is that new? Is that? No, that's something we've known. Most people know, but very few people here are speaking. Well, here, maybe differently, but a lot of people are not speaking out about it and are going, you know what? We need more free stuff. We need centralized bureaucracies and control of medicine because we can't afford to, to get care. Yet the care you get in wet, in the Western world, much of the Western world, much of the modern world is lacking in care, but abundant in kill. Allopathic medicine, whether it's delivered by the free market, which I would be preferable or socialized medicine, this modern allopathic system is deadly more than it is helpful. Allopathic modern medicine is based on triaging wartime medicine. If you've got a soldier on the battlefield that gets hit with shrapnel or a bullet, the idea is how do we patch that soldier up and get him back out onto the battlefield to kill more people in war? And it is incredibly innovative and successful in bringing people back to life that shouldn't be alive. That's triage, invasive, emergency trauma-type medicine. It's amazing. But applying that to everything is deadly outside of the field of battle. The very treatments that they offer, whether it be considered a capitalistic medical system or a socialistic medical system, if it's allopathic and it's a monopoly, It's not a free market, and no one would proclaim that socialized medicine is free market medicine, but the illusion that in America we have free market medicine is absolutely astounding to me that anybody would claim that, and we'll get into some of that in the second hour as we talk about the disaster that is the socialized medicine system in the United Kingdom. For those of you on UK Health Radio, you're going to enjoy that. Maybe you already enjoy it because you're there. You know what I'm talking about. Biden administration, public records show that they wanted to leverage school sports activities to coerce jabs among students. And again, this is all revealed. This is not hyperbole, conspiracy theorizing. These are conspiracies that were happening behind closed doors that are now revealed through Freedom of Information Act request. As we find out the communications that were going on behind the scenes about how do we get the kids jab, despite they had little or no risk in terms of COVID. This is about profiting at the big pharma level and those that are profiting because they're in government, in regulatory bodies that benefit directly and indirectly by doing the bidding of the pharmaceutical church, the dangerous cult of pharmakia. Modern medicine is rooted in what? Sorcery. And although even that has a place when it comes to putting you back together when you're Humpty Dumpty and fall off the wall. Outside of them stitching you back or placing you back together, you want to get the heck out of Dodge or the hospital as fast as possible because everything else they do would likely kill you, not save your life. So, Super D, as we uh, transition shortly into our first guest, I wanted to ask your perspective on what's being revealed here. You think about all of this. I remember, I know maybe you remember, I, I came onto the show one day around the time of this or a little after this, these email reports where they were hosting a a, a jab clinic at a local middle school. Mm-hmm. And I actually went there <clears throat> and I you know, I held up a sign, coercion is not consent. And there were people flipping me off and yelling at me and others <laughs> in the midst of an area where you thought they would know better. Yep. And so I know exactly what was happening at the school levels, even in areas where it wasn't as jab crazy as other areas like in left-leaning uh, blue state areas right, but this is the reality of what we were witnessing as these jab clinics appeared in schools all over the nation because of this coercive effort to limit people the kids' activities unless they got fully jabbed.
1: interesting now we're just uh, you know it took it took some time to get there, but we're we're finding all these smoking guns and these trails and stuff and everything all leading back to the government and you know we suspected. And there were there were rumors and stuff, you know, that there was a, a concerted effort, um, you know, uh, between the government and big tech and local uh, mayors and governors and all that kind of stuff like that. We, you know, it, I remember us I talking about it, but we didn't have any proof. Now we do. Yeah. Now we can see how deep the the rabbit hole went on that situation. Yeah. Um, ultimately, did they succeed? No, no. Well, that's that's, that's debatable, in, I guess. They succeeded in harming and killing young people they did now yeah. fortunately though it woke a lot of people up yeah it really did there talked. are a lot of people that are talking about this now that weren't talking about it before um because they got to see it you know say what you will good bad the the media you know a lot of what they did backfired um and so there's there's a lot of a lot of activists out there that weren't there before that um Are making a difference it's actually really cool i think a silver lining to the whole thing
0: yeah it's just it's a high cost but we know that any change or transformation in fact before all of this i mean what was it that in order for a major shift or change to occur in any given area country or planet a lot of the old people have to die the problem is a lot of young people have had to die too in this case yep. to wake up the old people that are sort of going, mm, I didn't trust the government. Now I trust them even less versus those primarily on the uh, political left that have fallen hook, line and sinker to the hip- mass hypnosis of the pharmaceutical church and its control over our government. These are the folks that in, in past and years past, they at least said, you know, Hey, don't trust the government. Don't trust the man. Don't trust the big corporations. And now they're lining up and demanding that we line up for those same experimental injections, much less face coverings that are proven to be a complete false reality that they protect us from anything. And of course the jabs themselves that we learn. Well, we learned about it right away here. I mean, there was no waiting. We didn't have to have people dying around us to know what was happening, what was going on. The thing we've well, seen
1: coverings. this playbook, we've seen yeah. this playbook before. We just had no idea to what extent it was going to go. We've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> What's happened in the last three years. It just completely jumped the shark. Yeah, it really did. So here you go, boys and girls. More questions
0: as to why do you support the federal government and their efforts to kill you or your children? Some will say, well, they didn't intend to kill us. They really are true believers in it. Well, does it matter? Because the end result is danger and death, not healing and protection and prevention of disease by these injections. And as much as I am a freedom guy, you know that I am not here to demand that the federal government prohibit you from getting, you know, it's not my role or place to do that, except that if the government, however you perceive it to be, were doing its job, it would never have allowed these products, yes, they're products for profit onto the market that carry no liability for the manufacturers of those said products. In fact, all of the attempts by the government to suppress information. In soft claims, previously plausible deniability claims that they were had nothing to do with the censorship that wasn't censorship through mass media, social media, and mainstream news networks about the information that there were other options of treatment and prevention that would have immediately halted any emergency use authorization option for a warp speeded into reality mRNA injection campaign or any other injection campaign. So the government purposefully, as we're finding out through other emails, suppressed information, coerced, if you will, even if you can call it that, the big tech, the big uh, media companies to attack those who simply had pointed out in their own private clinical practices, medical or otherwise, were having a 100 percent success rate using hydroxychloroquine, uh, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C. I would argue silver, you know, as we do here, copper and other things. Selenium, too. That had to be stopped because if it were acknowledged, it would be the end of, before it even began, the multi-billion, maybe trillion at this point with inflation, profit-taking by the pharmaceutical industry that is wholesale slaughtering innocents around the world, much less in the United States and our young people, because they were coerced by the Biden administration to get jabs that they didn't need and likely didn't want. All they wanted to do was their extracurriculars at school, sports and other things. So with that, uh, please share the show. If you haven't already, welcome here to the Robert Scott Bell show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. And, uh, we'll, you know, continue to cover these and many other topics that we have on tap for today, but right now I want to bring in our first time guest, Curtis Bay to the Robert Scott Bell show. You'll see him linked up in the Robert Scott Bell show notes today, the 11th of October, 2022. And. Although there's not links, he will give you a way to contact him, and you may want to contact him for support because of what he's been through. Suffice it to say, when we talk about the protocol kills, the hospital killing fields, he's lived through that because his wife didn't. If I got that right, Curtis, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. I'm so sorry for what you've gone through, but I'm so appreciative that you're willing to share your story because it needs to be told.
2: No, I appreciate it. Uh, Just the opportunity to be on a platform where we can reach out to other folks and hopefully help steer them away from having to go through what we, some of us have had to go through personally. So thank, very thankful for the opportunity to talk to you.
0: So you were together with, well, your wife was 59 Tammy Bay, athletic, healthy 59 year old. You had been together since you were 16 years of age.
2: Yeah, actually um, I don't know, 18 years of age really, but uh, I was, I'm 59, I'm 58. She was 59 uh, this, this year. Um, We met in 82, married in 85, uh, spent a lifetime together, raising each other, going through all the things that every other husband and wife uh, goes through, healing each other, caring for each other, all the good stuff. So, yeah, um, a long time together.
0: And so in the era of COVID or COVID-like symptoms or manifestations, did you or she ever get one of these experimental injections?
2: The answer is emphatically no. And the little backstory to that is uh, early or late 2019, maybe maybe November, December area, memory's a little foggy back then, but we both came down with what we believed is now labeled COVID at the time. Um, and we were sick for about 30 days together. Um, and we called it the sleeping disease. We didn't know what it was, felt like a terrible bronchitis. We were fatigued all the time, didn't feel like doing much. Um, and just kind of hung around the house. And uh, so when all of a sudden in February and this becomes n- major news and uh, we lived at the time in Vancouver, Washington, the first death was in uh, Federal Way, Washington, at a nursing home up there. Um, the governor, Inslee, um, who's a psychopath, began locking everybody down and shutting everything down and all that stuff. We felt like we'd already gone through that experience and felt pretty comfortable without having to go through um you know, the additional jab sequence. We had been sick and been around people that had been diagnosed with that and our neighbors, our friends, and we were not getting sick. We were fine. So um, shortly after uh, that, that was a public announcement and there was plenty of people that were now aware of what was going on and they were trying to uh, get that vaccination out. uh, It's not a vaccination, but they were trying to get the shot out to everybody. Um, it, there were a lot of people that were clamoring to get it both uh, in our family and friends that we were associated with. We were just a couple that were uncomfortable with this we hadn't didn't have enough FDA or any other testing. Um, there was no science to suggest that this actually was going to work, and we were very uncomfortable with uh, going forward, especially when we'd already had it, we thought. Um, yeah, July, uh, first part of July, Tammy's uh, mother, um, in her mid-early 80s, wasn't of great health, but she was a healthy 80-plus-year-old uh, female and was very active, uh, loved to walk and loved to camp, exercised all the time, was on a camping trip with her family. Um, they called me from the camping trip, which was a couple hours away, and asked me if I would take her to the hospital that she wasn't doing very well, and they they were afraid uh, that it was going to be a diagnosis of such and I took her to the local hospital in Vancouver, Washington. Um, They escorted her in. We went into a a room. They let me stay for about four hours with her while they did a bunch of tests and blood tests. Um, I prayed with her, kissed her on the cheek, told her she was going to be fine. I wouldn't leave them without her and went through the entire process of all their testing, et cetera. And I got up to leave to go to the restroom. uh, And when I did, uh, they locked the door behind me. Um, they wouldn't let me back in the room. I was kind of sort of taken back from it in that I'd been there for four hours. I'm the one that brought her there. I wasn't wearing a mask. I didn't have any hazmat suits on. Um, and yet they wouldn't let me back in. I made a little bit of a fuss about it, but not not ignorant. So uh, the head nurse, charge nurse came out and told us that uh, this was policy and that uh, at her age and her condition, this was a death sentence and you needed to share it with the family.
0: So, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going in with COVID-like symptoms to the hospital. They lock you out again. No advocates, no family, isolation. And they overtly tell you this is a death sentence at her age of 59?
2: No, no, no. This is Tammy's mother-in-law or Tammy's mom in 2020. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you for clarifying, though. I just want to make (laughs) sure everybody's... But you're but you're darn close to exactly what happened with Tammy. The reason I was giving you the backstory on this is because you asked about the jab and wanted to give you the reasons why we didn't get it. We weren't anti jab. I don't care who gets it. Do your thing. Do your thing. But for us, it just didn't make any sense to get it because we had already been through it in early 2000, late 2019. And then I was around her mother in in July for four or five hours, got kicked out of the hospital. They said, don't come back. She's got a death sentence. Seven days later, she was dead. Never got to see the rest of her family.
0: Now, one thing that occurs to me, you and your wife were utilizing critical thinking skills in the midst of a lot of panic and <clears> fear and emotionality to be able to see through that, to say, you know what? I don't think that we want to take that jab, that experimental injection, despite everything. Not everybody fared as well, and many people operated in fear and were coerced and deceived into doing that and now regretted if they're even still alive and things are still unfolding there. Uh, so again, we have this, and, and partly what I'm hearing as well is the well, there's a lot of emotion in me because I think about, you know, a number of my friends who went in, like Richard Pearl, who was a, a tremendous advocate for good health practices and supplements and things. Yet he succumbed to the symptoms of COVID or manifested similar. And went in, and the hospital prevented him from having any advocates. His wife couldn't come in, and we were talking. And you know, I'm trying to say, don't take remdesivir. And it's like you're all alone, and you're weak, and you're having trouble breathing, and with no advocates, they have wholesale ability, capacity to do whatever they want to you, with little or no recourse. Only now, as we find out, as some of these events of uh, untimely deaths caused by the treatments caused by the protocols in the hospitals as we find out now my gosh this was an agenda specifically and diabolically and nefariously implemented that was like who would ever think this is a good idea in terms of support and patient care and keeping people alive unless your intent wasn't that
2: yeah, I completely concur in that. In fact, my whole theory around how this all went down and why my 59 year old, healthy, athletic, beautiful, sexy wife is no longer with me and uh, is, um, or her children or her grandchildren. Um, we it, we made it through 2020. Uh, no problems. And um, late 2020, October, we decided that uh, we needed to get out of this military state uh, Inslee and Kate Brown on the Oregon side and on the Washington side have gone nuts. And our home was in Arizona. We'd been raised our kids there. Both of our boys went to high school there, um, and college. My oldest boy went to Colorado, but we were, that was home. We'd been there for 20 plus years. We we're getting out of Washington, tired of the mandates. I'd been called on many times by neighbors, which was part of the testing. I think that they wanted to see how many people they could get that. in your neighbor, right? Spying your yeah. neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, so they would call and say I, Curtis had too many people over, and that was a normal condition for my house. There was always people over, and you know. But anyway, it was clear that there was something else going on here that had nothing to do with this uh, disease or uh, virus at all. So we decided to follow our kids back to Arizona. Uh, came back here in twenty twenty one, April or May of twenty twenty one. The housing market was crazy, as you can remember, before this all this debacle took place so we decided to lease a place for a couple months just kind of find our bearings and figure out where we wanted to go we didn't need to be anywhere we were free I was I was retired uh, we had done well and um, it was just going to be our best life from now on going forward so uh, we took a few months to find the place we bought it uh, uh, a year ago August um, and uh, Tammy was in love with it we were was in, we, we live in the mountains uh, in Arizona, uh, and, and uh, she was able to walk right out her backyard up trails that would climb mountains for miles, and it was she was in heaven. In fact, she used to refer to Superstition Mountain as majestic, and uh, hmm. she could find God there.
0: Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you, you are transitioning to find a beautiful space to live the rest of your lives together.
2: And yeah anyway. we had made it we we'd done uh, things were in line we were doing really well she had a hobby of uh taking care of um uh estate furniture she would go and buy it she had she was giddy she would text me in the middle of the day hey i'm standing by this dresser that's on the side of the road i need you to come get it for someone else is going to take it and for me i was lost in the whole thing i'd say guaranteed no one's coming to get it babe i'll, yeah. I'll get there though um <laughs> yeah. but that's what she loved and she was having a blast doing it and I was playing a lot of golf. Uh, In fact, uh, uh, part of this story is, you know, during while we were sick, I ended up going and getting fitted for new clubs. um, And I felt, um, you know, pretty poorly at the time. But Christmas came, holidays, all the families got together here. We have a large, uh, diverse family uh, and um, we got together for Christmas, as we always do uh the 23rd came we had a big party 40 or 50 of us all there as usual and had a really good time uh left that evening drove home next morning we woke up and we were kind of feeling a little bit rough but thought maybe we had a hangover but neither one of us drank so Mm. um we just looked at each other and said god we must we must be getting old because we can't stay out too late i guess and um next morning came and went uh Christmas Eve came and went, we did our thing. We, our traditions and our families are, we let the the families do their own individual Christmas Eves. And then Christmas mornings, we shared the experience together. So Christmas morning came and we ran over there to be with the boys and watch them wake up. Our grandkids are 10 and seven, um, hung out with them all Christmas day. Felt great. I mean, not, I I wouldn't say felt great, but still felt, you know, healthy. Like we weren't, Mm -hmm. there wasn't anything wrong with us. Uh, just a little rundown. Um, the 26th came and went the 27th. Uh, my wife uh, would clean the Airbnb. My son owns a couple of Airbnbs up here in Scottsdale. So she would go and clean them. It was their pride and joy. She loved to be able to contribute to the kids. And so she would go and do that and it meant a lot to her. They would uh, try and pay her. She would never take the money. She just didn't want them to pay someone else. So hmm. it, it was just a loving thing that she, how she operated anyway. Hmm. She felt fine. She came back from that um, and told me that, uh, boy, that wiped me out. She said, Robert or Curtis, that really wiped me out, man. I'm going to chill out for the rest of the afternoons. I said, yeah, cool. I'll, I'm going to run and get fitted for my clubs. And um, so I went down to PXG headquarters, spent an hour down there. I came back. I was a little bit tired, too. Uh, I said, man, I feel pretty fatigued, too. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe maybe we got the, the, the thing and and uh, we should take it easy for a day or two. And on the 28th, my children, uh, my boy and his wife sent us a picture of a positive test for their whole family. Uh, So her my my daughter-in-law, my grandkids and my son were all sick and um, uh, going through it. So we figured, well, that's we must have it. That must be what we got and why we feel the way we do. A couple days go down the road. We're out doing our regular things. Tammy's shopping. She's trying to walk. She's not walking as far, um, but every time she would come home, she would crash. For the most part, she would just chill and ask. You know, I was the cook in the house, so I always, I always made whatever we were going to have, and she would ask me for chicken noodle soup this week and, you know, some fluids. So it was crackers and chicken noodle soup and some fluids, like we would normally care for each other, and on. Um, made it through new year's Eve, decided we weren't going to go out together anywhere. we were just going to try and recover because uh, we were still had a little bit of a hangover we felt like and but we knew we knew in our heart there was no way we were you know sick to the point where we were sick. We just felt like this we're going to get through this and be over it we'd done it before, and we'd been around countless people who had, had it and, and never came down with it. Um, and plus all the media at that time was saying, you know, all the mainstream media that is garbage was saying that, you know, if you get it, it's just going to be a little bit of a flu. And,
0: right. And uh, that, I remember, you know, this was a year plus into it more. Uh, what about the use of some of the controversials, at least by the media when they said ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, other supplements, were you guys doing anything preventively in that regard?
2: No. And that's a, that's a fair question. we, we we really, I like to think I'm a fairly smart person, but we thought we had this thing covered. Uh, But we didn't know what to take, when to take it, how long to take it. And we didn't have anybody being back in Arizona. We hadn't selected a primary physician yet. We didn't have relationships like that. We were enjoying life. It was our best life. So we didn't think about even those things once they occurred. And that's part of the message, Robert. I want to make sure that everybody does get is that they have a plan. But yeah. Um, we didn't, and believe me, the the guilt that I feel for not having, for failing in that regard is.
0: Well, and, and we but, know though, Curtis. Just just so you know that even in those cases, those things that were done for some was not enough, and you just don't know. So. Um, well,
2: the thing was, we'd seen you. You and I had both seen, and everybody in America had seen Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers and everybody else get I- ivermectin and uh, monoclonals and and high doses of vitamin C, and everybody was, you know, stre- coming right back, no issues, playing ball within a week. If you know, whatever they were, they were right. at a different level in terms of access than I was.
0: Well, and um, and, and as it got worse, it, it's so 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 worse, I guess you could say, so bad that you were considered even uh, not bringing Tammy to the hospital, a uh, part of your story, you revealed that they denied her the monoclonal antibodies.
2: Exactly. That's, uh, so the, as we, the, on the, on the third day, uh, the new year, she, uh, Kind of hit a wall and she said she was going to stay home, and wasn't going to do anything. Still lucid, not fighting for air, having a regular conversation. We both felt like, come on. In fact, I teased her. I go, come on, babe, you got to get, you got to get through this. Come on, Let, get up. Let's get moving around and get you, get you healed. And she said, I'm trying. I want to, no doubt. But uh, so I ran a couple errands, came back. She was the same spot, hadn't gotten up and done anything. And I said, look, if you don't feel better by tomorrow, we're, We're going to take you somewhere. I don't know where, but we're going to go somewhere. So I Mm -hmm. started research and found an urgent clinic Uh, that was a few miles away from us. And I took her there that morning at 730 in the morning on the 5th of January. Um, And they weren't open. We We both had coffee. We were kind of joking a little bit about, you know, we're out of coffee. What do we do now? So I started to drive around the area. I didn't know the area very well. Um, and took a wrong turn, frankly, I wish one I had never taken. But it was uh, there was a it was to the emergency room at uh, the hospital Banner Baywood in Mesa. Um, and she said to me, uh, "Oh, you're going to take me to the emergency room?" And I said, "No, I really wasn't thinking of that. I just happened to turn down the road." And um, she said, "Well, I I think that's where I'm going to end up." And I said, "I don't. How could that be, babe? You're you're just." You know, you're fine. We're, we're just talking and you're breathing fine and everything. Else. She said, we should probably just go to the emergency room. It's probably where I'm going to end up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So when we got there, um, again, another blow was she asked for a wheelchair. And she had not, she wasn't having any problem walking. She wasn't having any problem doing anything. But all of a sudden, she was having problems with all of it. And so a wheelchair it was. And we went inside. They did ran a quick oxygen test on her. and Her oxygen was at 79 she needed air, um, and they gave her um, the nasal whatever that is they put in your nose, and they put it up, hooked it up to her wheelchair. Candela,
0: yeah, so they, so they started at least giving her oxygen, and did her levels come up at that moment at all? Yeah,
2: you know, yeah, and she instantly she felt like you know she goes, oh, I feel fine, I'm I'm feeling better, and I'm saying, okay, great, that's great. And they came back and they said, we're going to get you in the emergency room and just get you evaluated real quick, find out what you have, because we both honestly. As I yeah. said before, 100% believed that she was coming out of this. There was nothing that she yeah. couldn't battle, her, her antibodies and her body. She was so <laughs> healthy, and you know, you're going to be fine. We'll get you, in, yeah. get you some antibiotics that I can't get you. Let's get right. you some antibiotics, and you'll come home.
0: It, and, let me juxtapose this for a moment. And by the way, we're talking with Curtis Bay, uh, who lost his wife over the COVID uh, crazy time we've all been through. But specifically, the hospital. We're getting into that story now, in the time we have what happened next and it reminds me of my producer super don who went through a lot of these symptoms the breathing symptoms the difficulty a lot of classic symptoms and the difference being here and we talked about this with others of our friends that we lost because they went into hospitals he was never admitted and they sent him home with oxygen and he struggled and we worked with the things that we knew to get him out of it and we had people coming to you know sending him things that we knew that could help and um, the struggle was very real. There was no diminishment of that, but he was not locked away to, you know, so he had the opportunity to recover. Now, your wife gets immediately admitted at this point. I mean, tell me the next phase here as it moves through the unfortunate protocols that kill.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, that's a very important piece to try and to kind of highlight this. Your point of he wasn't admitted and our she was. That was a choice the hospital made. Mm-hmm. So uh, everything that went forward after that was exactly what the hospital chose to do, not what we felt needed to be done. So right. that's it. That's an important distinction to make because if they had said, go home with oxygen, take this, or go get that, we would have done exactly that. So they chose to treat her a specific way, and that's an important distinction in what happens a lot of the time here. So they took her into the emergency room, um, we, we got into the emergency room, Robert. They tested her, did some blood work. They did the, the COVID test, came back about 45 minutes later. They came back in and the emergency room nice. It was super kind. Um, and she said to me, um, and Tammy she said, well, the uh, good news is your COVID test is negative. Um, but you have pneumonia. And uh, we're, so, so we're going to treat you for get you up to a floor and get a doctor to get, get it, make an analysis, and you are going to get. So,
0: normally in a pneumonia case, they would get you antibiotics, depending on the severity, they might even go IV on antibiotics. Yeah. But remdesivir is certainly not part of a pneumonia protocol. Uh, and and uh, go
2: ahead. Well, I was going to say, and you can name four other drugs that that she received that weren't part of that protocol normally either. And that's these are important distinctions that you are raising because as this unfolds. You don't know what you don't know. And there's some other things that happen when you admit a a patient. One thing that's important for people to know that when you do admit your your loved one in today's admission papers, in most of the corporate chain hospitals, you sign away your power of attorney uh, in that document. They have what's called medical power of attorney, if they deem the patient is going to be treated poorly at home or won't receive the proper medication or service, and or there's a threat violently to that particular patient, they can take power of attorney and keep them uh, and treat them however they they deem necessary. So just remember that because it's important criteria for people to understand. And two, it's part of how this went down with Tammy.
0: Yeah. So how, how, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to rush. I know we have a limited time with you, but from the standpoint of the day that you go there, she's admitted. And we're going to fill in the blanks. How long, how many days was it before her demise when she was, yep. I, I perceived killed in this case?
2: Absolutely. It was 15 days.
0: 15 days. Okay. So
2: day one, we the emergency room lady takes us up to the floor. She's met at the door, uh, which the the floor was weird. I'd had I'd had several surgeries bef- uh, before going into uh, and all during COVID in my spine, and I, the hospital looked like the hospital. But when we got to this floor, it looked like a lab room. Both halls were empty. People were wearing hazmat gear. It looked weird, like a movie. It was uncomfortable, um, and as we got closer to the door, the. Uh, the double doors opened up, and we were met with about seven people, a uh, uh, pulmonologist, uh, infectious disease person, an RN, a respiratory therapist, a technician, a bunch of other people, right? The emergency room nurse, it, as she tries to wheel her in, is met, flanked by these people outside the door, and they all but tell her she can't come in. And she, I overhear her say, well, she's here for pneumonia, and they said, yeah, yeah, we got it. Our eyes met. And she like gave me. And back then, now I look back, she was just saying, you need to leave. But I didn't at the, you know, you're, there's a lot of going on. Yeah. We brought her in. She got, uh, the minute they got in there, a guy, a hospitalist title, which is to me is Satan. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know what the title even stands for, except for he called all the plays. And it seemed to be those plays met a certain criteria uh, they hooked her up to an IV seemed legitimate. Maybe she needed fluid. She was dehydrated. I'm fine with that. They said they were going to get her an antibiotic, uh, pack and they would get that through the IV sounds reasonable. Let's do that. Then they asked, they started asking, do you want the, do you want the jab? And my wife goes, what, what do I, what, why, why are you asking me that now? Yeah. And, and then they said, the next thing they said, you're, um, you, you need we need to give you this injection in your belly. I've never heard of it or an injection in the belly. I come to find out I knew what it was now, but I didn't at the time. And it seemed awfully weird.
0: What was it, it that they injected into a belly?
2: It was supposed to be something that would keep blood clots from occurring. so um, oh,
0: heparin or something like warfarin. Lova, yeah. yeah.
2: Lova something or whatever. Yeah.
0: So basically for blood clotting potential. All right. So they thinned her blood immediately. Uh, yeah. and, and then at, the, at what point did they say you got to get out of here? You're not allowed to be here anymore.
2: Yeah, interesting. I was there for four and a half, five hours. And the the young nurse that was her first day on the job came in and actually bumped the oxygen that was set at seven liters. She was on seven liters in that room, not 57, seven. And um, she bumped the deal, dialed up to 13 liters. My wife was a little bit uh, nervous and anxious. And she said, can you get them to turn back down the oxygen? It's too much. And the whistling is bugging me. It's making me nervous. So I asked the nurse to come in and do that. The nurse came in and said, who are you and why? It was the first time I'd ever seen this nurse. She said, who are you and why are you here? Did their normal professional greetings. I'm her husband. I'm going to stay you know, until she goes to sleep. She said, oh, no, you're not. You have to leave. You've been here too long. Didn't understand what that meant. I said, what do you mean? I'm just going to stay. And she goes, well, you're on, the, you're on the COVID floor and you have visiting hours of one hour and you've been here for way longer than that. You did,
0: you, did you bring up the fact that she's not a COVID patient?
2: I go, she's not a COVID patient. Where and so I said I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay yeah. until she goes to sleep. Yeah. Within ten seconds, uh, there was charge nurse and three security guards in the door. Came through the door, um, uh, told me that I had to leave. Uh, I said I'm not leaving until I get to talk to a, a doctor. Then going to tell me what they're how they're going to treat her because she doesn't have COVID. The doctor that was in the room at the time said, well, she does have COVID. This is a normal symptoms we see. This is what I said. She just tested four floors down negative. How the hell do you not have that test up here? Mm -hmm. She said, oh, it's just not in the system. I said, BS. Come on. Long long story short, they try and physically remove me. They won't. I told them it's not a good idea. I'm not because I'm powerful, Hulk Hogan, whatever guy. I'm just saying this isn't going to end well. Please let me stay with my wife for a little bit longer until we can sort out the treatment. They didn't, they tried to take my camera, they tried to get physical. It didn't end that as well as they hoped, and I, I stayed. Um, and then they went and got the police officers to come. So, two police officers came up and they were kind enough to uh, listen to me. Uh, I get the feeling they didn't want to be there, but it's part of the protocol, too. Law enforcement comes all the time to fulfill whatever it is they're supposed to do. So there's some higher level communication happening. They
0: become officers of the hospital, a for profit exactly. hospital, mandating treatment of what variety, who knows until you sue out or get information yep. that they don't want you to know about. So, all right, again, this is, I don't know how many times you've told this story, Curtis. I mean, this is. Uh, like a, a, it's like a, a I don't know, a, a fictional novel of, of horrific, uh, you know, what's happening here, but yet this has been repeated over and over as we hear from more uh, and from others. So eventually you, you likely have to leave the hospital and I'm guessing yeah. that they don't let you back in to see her at that point. Right.
2: Exactly. They, the next day I come back and you're only limited to an hour in a COVID floor in which she still hasn't tested positive for. So when I got there during the hour, they send you to the hour. There's no doctors around to talk to. You have to talk to traveling nurses, which, by the way, she had over 20 traveling nurses, didn't even know her effing name. Not one of them could tell me what was going on with her. They said, my job is to do nothing but fill the orders for the doctor. So whatever that doctor, whenever he was there, which we could never talk to, told them to do. That's what they did. So the, on the third day I had my kids and I, I haven't slept, obviously I'm nervous as what's going on. My oldest, my boys and I talk and we decide we're getting her out of there. We're going to get a transfer. We, we get a doctor who's well known in the Valley, um, set, writes a, a re- transfer request. He's going to treat her with ivermectin, monoclonals, high doses of vitamin C. He's going to do all the stuff that we know works. He, we re- sends in the transfer, Robert and, Um, I go there on the third, they acknowledge they have it. Um, they're going to get it processed. I tell her, I kiss her. I say, you're going to be fine. We're going to get you out of here. Head home. We've got this dialed that night. She sends me a text and she says, don't be mad. They put me on high flow oxygen. Now I had written on the whiteboard, no high flow, no sedation and no remdesivir. And call me if you do any of those, if you talk to her about anything, I knew if they sedated her. My wife was a trusting, loving person. She found joy in everybody. And she would think that that person cared and she would do it. They put her on high flow that night. Third, remember the day three, I asked for a transfer. They acknowledged they received it. That night I go home, they put her on high flow oxygen. The next morning at four o'clock or or the the fourth day I call in, they say she had a great night. She did fine. She's doing well. Vitals look good. Everything's great. Uh, within an hour at 10, 10, 10 o'clock, I get a call and it's, she says, uh, You need to come back to the hospital. I said, Well, I haven't even been there. She said, Well, you need to come to the hospital. Get there. The, the nurse that I talked to that morning, which was a brand new nurse, again, who had never even treated her, but just for that morning, said, uh, He'd go down and find her. He goes, I don't know why you're here. I'll go down and find her. Well, when I walked in, he comes back out and he goes, Oh, she's not in the room. Let me check. Oh, she's in ICU. I'm going, wait a second, you're the nurse that was supposed to be uh, taking care of my wife, and you didn't even know she was gone from the effing room, and now she's in ICU? I'm livid. I'm losing my mind here. I, I, I wanted to get her out because I was uncomfortable to begin with. I'd gotten a transfer request and submitted it the nursing staff and head nurse had acknowledged they'd received it, and now all of a sudden she's in ICU, and she did, the, mo- the morning call was, no, she's doing fine. I get down to ICU and I'm met with uh, you know five nurses in scrubs and a dude a doctor in a white coat that says you know we have to uh, intubate her so we can she needs this done as a precaution so that she can recover quicker this will be the best way to get her out of here if we do this she should be able to go home in a couple of days but if we don't do it there she's not going to make it and my wife was scared, and at the time she was laying there in the ICU. She didn't even have a mask on. She didn't have high flow oxygen. She was 100% lucid, and me and her were talking. She was scared. Yeah, she was well, very scared. You have to remember, her mom died just in 2020, went yeah. through this same experience.
0: Did Did you have any suspicion at this point that these were interventions to prevent you from taking her from the hospital and transferring her?
2: It what that was exactly what I thought was happening. So I I talked to them. I called my boys. I got them on the phone so they could talk to their mom. They talked to her. And we, her and I prayed. And I, she, she she, made the call. She said, I'll do it if they say it's the right thing to do. So we did it. Um, And I left. And I was so upset because I knew exactly why they had done it. They had put her on high flow oxygen the night before. They had disregarded my request for transfer. And now they had got her on a ventilator all within four days of being there. So she you- still still didn't have a positive COVID test, not right. a, not one.
0: Has she been intubated at this point? Did you find out if they did remdesivir at this point? What What's the status of, the, of that intervention?
2: So none of, none of the, you only get 15 minutes now to visit with these people. You have to do it through the window and they have a, a set number of uh, vitals they're going to repeat to you. And they're going to, and mostly they just point to the window because it's a traveling nurse who doesn't know your wife's name. So the, you know, the Brazilian Nigerian Saudi Arabia, Spanish, God bless all of them. They're doing for doing what they're doing. But this is a, this is part of the hospital protocol. The reason they don't want regular nurses in there is because they'll push back against doctors and they can't have that. They need them gone and traveling nurses fill the void. So I didn't know anything. Three days go by while she's in there. And my youngest son is attending her instead of us on the, I don't know, 12th day of all of this whole routine. 10th tenth, tenth day or so of this whole routine, I get a uh, FaceTime from her, and it's her with my youngest son. And she can't talk because her throat's whacked out. But we have a conversation enough to let her know that, you know, I got the house still the same. Your pajamas are still in the same spot. You're coming home, huh? and they And the nurse told me that she's doing well. She's only on seven liters of oxygen, seven liters after being on 45 and being intubated. Now she's back to seven again, and she's going to come home she's um they keep her in ccu for a couple of days um on day 12 i get a call i she calls me at 2:48 in the morning and she says uh, babe can you come get me and um i said no i can't they won't let me in but i'll i'm on my way um and I said, put me on speaker. She put me on speaker and I could hear the oxygen full blast, the high flow and the air in from the hot, from the wall. So I knew she was on 45 or 50 liters of oxygen all of a sudden. And, um, I, and I, Tammy had like what they would call white coat syndrome. She would get nervous and it wasn't anything that wasn't manageable. But oftentimes it was me that had to talk her down off the ledge. We'd been together for 40 years. I knew how to do this. I said, put me on speaker. So I continued to talk to her, and I could hear the, the nurse arguing with the respiratory therapist that uh, she was breaking protocol by not taking Tammy back and in, in intubating her again. So I, I asked him to stop arguing, and please just let me talk to her, and they let me talk to her. The nurse stood up for me, for, for gave me 20 minutes or so. Her heart rate came down. It was at 168, came down. We got her back to a a level where she could, you know, do okay on her own. Um, And they said, you can come back. You can be here at seven in the morning, which is against all rules. But the the nurse said, you know, you helped. I'm going to do what I can. So I got there at seven in the morning. The pulmonologist comes in and says, yeah, something's wrong. Not sure why this is backfiring on you all of a sudden, but we're going to move you back up to that other floor again and get you some better help. The hospitalist came in with him and I turned to that hospitalist guy and said, what happened? How'd she go from seven liters to all of a sudden 50 liters and going to have a heart attack? Her heart rate was uh, like 168, 169. How is it? How'd this happen? And he goes, well, I can't say for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a correlation here, but we did. We did stop her uh, uh, her steroid treatment. And I said, what do you mean steroid treatment? At the time, I hadn't been in the ether, I would call it. I hadn't paid attention to that's one of the things that they were giving her in the very beginning, but, but it was a small dose. It was a, you know, infant sized dose and it was a 10 day protocol. So in that 10 day protocol, uh, when that hit, no matter what was going on with the condition of the patient, they cut off the the 10 day protocol. So I tied the two together. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I said, Hey, maybe you should get her back on it. He said, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. They, the next morning, Uh, I stay in her room. I hide in the bathroom so that no nurses freak out. And when one's come in at night, I pretend I'm asleep so that no one knows anything. But I'm awake the entire night caressing her, keeping her uh, going. Still no steroids. Still no food. Still nothing yet. The very next morning, she wakes up. And I, Robert, I was blown away. It was like a miracle. She was 100% hurt. She was laughing, joking. Her eyes had life in them. We she said, I hope F- uh, Fauci burns for this. This is a terrible thing. Um, but I'm coming home t- uh, tomorrow and she ate two meals. We FaceTimed with the kids. Um, uh, we played Sudoku and checkers and chess and some other games to keep her busy. Play- planned out a night she was going to go to bed at a reasonable hour. We'd wake up the next morning and be you know on our way home that next morning when she woke up. They couldn't get her to wake up hundred percent because she was tired. And I got, I whispered in her ear, they need to take your blood, babe. You need to, um, you need to wake up. And she turned over and her eyes were the size of 50 cent pieces. And she said, I'm having a panic attack. Honey, can you, can you help me? And so for 25 minutes, I tried to walk her off of that edge and I couldn't, couldn't get her to calm down. Um, and that's the, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait. Her heart rate was 178. They said, she needs to go back to ICU or she's going to have a heart attack. So I prayed with her. I walked her down to the ICU again. And we went back into the same routine. They put her in a coma, ventilated her, paralyzed her, fed her a bunch of drugs, called me 24 hours later, two in the morning and said, we're going to have to do surgery. I called my boys and said, you need to meet me down there. This doesn't sound good. Got down there. The surgeon wasn't there. We had to wait for him to show up. You know, I don't know how they didn't have a surgeon. But he finally gets there, and he looks through the notes, and he says, here's the problem. She's got something leaking into her cavity. Those are the only two things I heard at the time, Robert. I don't know what else that was mm-hmm. said, but he, it was leaking and cavity. I didn't Whether it was air, fluid, I didn't, don't know. Couldn't remember I said, well, you got to do surgery. You have to do it. He goes, the problem is I have to do a scan in order to find out where to do the surgery and how bad it is. And I can't do it with her in the prone position. I have to turn her over. And if I turn her over, she's going to die. So if I don't do the surgery, she's going to die. And if. So that was the last time I was with her. My boys went outside and stood in the parking lot, tried to figure out how their life was going to go on. And I stayed with her until she took her last breath. Curtis. They said, I'm sorry. We've done all we can. I got. They didn't want to do an autopsy. I ordered a forensic autopsy. I have the, that done. I'm waiting on a toxicology yeah. report to find out what drugs they did give her because right. I heard from many people that they label them differently.
0: Yeah. You got, yeah, you got to fight and dig to find out what in fact happened in reality. Uh, Curtis, tell me, and God bless you. Thank you for sharing this. This is a horrible thing to have to go through and live through each time you share it. But I also want people to hear it so they understand how dangerous these hospitals are. And if you can at all avoid it, by God, find a way to avoid it. And, What do you want to see happen here? I mean, what is your appeal at this point going? I know it's still raw and emotional. Clearly, it was it would be what can be done? What can we put out to the folks that are listening and watching? You know, what can be done to help in any way, shape or form?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of pivoted my mindset to I want to I want to see other people have a plan. I don't want anyone to go through this. Uh, I'll, the, the the legal outlets that people are having any success are sort of the ones that are easy, like the drunk driver ran in head on and killed the, the wife and the three kids. That's an easy one to win. These are not easy because we are missing the data and the emails. You, you, you made the comment about Freedom of Information Act. We need somebody at a high level to get the FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act and get someone's got an email that structured what this protocol was supposed to look like across all these hospitals, because they didn't wake up and just call up New Jersey and go, hey, what are you doing? I'll try that. That It didn't happen.
0: It was a centralized command on down. I mean, we've seen that with, uh, you know, I remember when Brian Artis first came out with the the protocol kills with the remdesivir, what was happening there as well. And so much of this, these killing fields, these profit killing fields uh, have, you know, gone on, steroids so to speak not the kind that suppress immunity but to kind of the the destroy lives here and then leave you with the bill you're likely footing a bill that they're throwing on you at this point for all the disaster that they ensued
2: yeah it's a it, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars for her and then you find out what they get paid to do it she was you know intubated twice she was and i still don't know all the all the all the ins and outs of everything it'll take us a while to get there but um okay the 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 individual legal teams the and god bless them for doing what they're doing but they're they're taking the the, the cases right now that are easy to prove sure where and yeah and, you, you've got you know, a lot of details
0: and, to try and get out and you know like with scott Shera, what he was able to, to find my friend yeah. irene in utah uh who was at the u.s health freedom congress you know shared that she's a nurse and she's still trying to dig for the the, the details of what they did to her husband who was killed by these protocols um Curtis, still, if no people, tests, no,
2: still no positive test. Still no
0: positive test. Of course, it. Three thousand pages,
2: no positive test. Yeah. So my, my my wife went in uh, with uh, some congestion and a pneumonia of some sort. It could have been caused by that, but she was she didn't have it. Yeah. They decided, and this was what I was saying at the very beginning. They made a choice of how they were going to treat her, and the yeah. way they decided to treat her was like a house plant, and yeah. push her into a dark room, give her some water here and there, and just wait for her to die and make sure they do all the things they need to so that they can check the boxes and send it off to the insurance company and the government to get paid.
0: Curtis, if somebody wants to reach out to you and help in any way, or uh, I don't know if they have more questions about this, how would they reach you?
2: Yeah, My email is curtisbay at Gmail. Okay. K-U-R-T-I-S-B-A-Y at Gmail.
0: Okay. And I know you're in touch with others, right? I've mentioned some of these people that you've been in touch with as well. And more you more evidence that folks... Uh, whatever you got to do to stay out of hospitals, you, you simply must do at this point. We've got to set up another system of genuine health and genuine care because this system is beyond redemption. You used the term, I, I believe, demonic at one point, and I agree. And there's no other way to say that this is not godly what's happening here. It's ungodly. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm so sorry for your loss. And many people have been experiencing this, and this is another one of those raw hard-to-hear stories of of what I would say is ne- a needless death in the perspective of that she had a long life ahead of her and it was taken oh, yeah. from her. Yet yeah. I know that you, in in your sharing this story, and others that are doing the same are going to make sure that your wife did not die in vain, that we can stop this from happening. And I'm grateful for your willingness to speak about it, as hard as it is and was to hear for those but as hard as it was and is for you to communicate it, and it must be told, these stories must be told. Uh, so, any other message you want to leave uh, before I've got to take a top? Well, a we'll, little we went over, but it's okay. Uh, before we got a break here.
2: No, I'm sorry. I just uh, no, thanks okay. for thanks for uh, the opportunity to share this experience, and just I hope people take heed that they need a plan. It's you're. I got a call the other night from someone in Peru who who was his sister was hospitalized and he needed ivermectin and all those other things and had nowhere to get it no and didn't know what to do if he did get it so mm-hmm. thank God for the groups guy. that are are popping up that can support these people so that's what we yeah. need we need more awareness and. And have
0: a plan you got to have advocates and if you have to go into a hospital you got to know what you're signing away and and cross right through those things so it doesn't happen and don't leave that patient out of your sight your family member your loved one your friend whatever it is we've lost people because they were not allowed to have advocates at all and curtis it's oh man this is as rough as it gets uh with all these stories we've been covering i'm so sorry and i know i like to try to leave every hour with that positive note or message about where the power to heal comes from. And and ultimately I believe it, it comes from God, but there's free will on this planet and there are people that are choosing a different path. And I would say that, uh, you know, as I leave people with the message each hour, it's, it's as much to empower myself, remind myself where the power to heal comes from. It doesn't mean we all get out of here alive in terms of our physicality, but I know your wife is, uh, You know, without the body, we are at a loss because we no longer can interact the same way we did. Um, But these people are going to pay for what their crimes are, whether it's in this lifetime or the next. And um, my appeal to all physicians and nurses that are hearing this story, speak up, speak out. Do not let this go down like it happened in that previous Holocaust of the 20th century, because this is a hospital-induced Holocaust of another variety, but the deaths are the same and they are not... They don't need to be happening. Curtis, oh, God bless you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And stay in touch if there's more updates we can bring to our audience, too, about what, you, what you're going through and the connections we have with so many that have gone through this. I appreciate you being willing to share today.
2: Oh, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And as I wrap up this
0: hour, and again, I thank Curtis Bay for coming on board today to talk about something that's so difficult and horrific. You know, when I say the power to heal is yours, you, you, know, you might consider staying out of the hospital. So that, that power can reach you, you know, as opposed to what's happening in those hospitals where they're blocking it at all costs because of the money that they're making and other nefarious schemes that we're, we're, we're revealing and we're seeing the harshness of what's happened here. Uh, So I want to take a pause and I need it and you might need it too, but we'll be back. We've got a lot more to discuss on the Robert Scabell show. If you're in the chat room, you have a question or comment and we may be able to hear from Curtis again as things, as he learns more about this and we want to relate that to you. So thank you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. We'll be back after this brief break.
1: Robert Scott
0: Bellshow. Bell well, I'm just thanking God this weekend's the Health Freedom Expo. I want to get together and, and hug and, and and appreciate and love the people that need that love and and we all do. And also there will be people that are coming together like Scott Shera who you've heard from who lost his daughter Grace to these protocols in the hospital coming together to share their story, strengthen one another with information. Hard-won wisdom, knowledge wisdom, because of the brutality of what we're witnessing. Some of you have been with me for a lot of years here on this show, and ever since learning about homeopathic medicine and natural medicine, recognizing that the hospitals in the allopathic medical monopoly in the West have always been killing fields, but have become more overt, more direct, more... Uh, I, I, I don't know, even less concerning for getting caught is to do this horrible, these horrible deeds that we've been sharing stories about that people have been coming on and talking about, and you know I can't be at a loss for words because I have to speak on this show. But you're 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 almost you're, you're 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 choked up talking about another story like this. Yet we've got to find a way to persevere. We've got to find a way to come together and break this cycle and create a new a system that works to think that we can go in and fix the system that has become so overtly evil and deadly. And many people over the last couple of years have come together and recognized it is not something that we can do. So we just need to set up a system beyond it, parallel to it, better than it, one that honors and loves and and, and really recognizes the concept of first do no harm as well, but one where we can truly be empowered and uplifted and The experience that hopefully is temporary in terms of suffering ailments and illnesses. And what they've done is fully institutionalized a disease that was clearly artificially created. And then every treatment that was invested in in the hospital setting to profit those who would win only by administering the deadly drugs and treatments and protocols that we hear time and time again. That's not stopping. I'm seeing a lot of great comments. I mean, great comments, really very insightful comments in the chat room. If you come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen or any other chat rooms that are out there, many of you medical professionals, nurses as well, you know, aghast at what you've heard before, but even more raw now. And you realize that when you enter into the hospital setting, it's like going into prison. Or if you don't know any better, you have given up your rights by signing the admission papers. And they do them on tablets. You never get to see it. You can't read it. You can't go through and go, whoa, 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 biologics, that means vaccines. No. Write down remdesert and have them sign and acknowledge everything that you've done if you have to go in. And then also demand that you cannot be kept from your loved one as an advocate or to have others that would serve as an advocate to observe the treatments, those in the know, nurses or otherwise, that know things that could be done or shouldn't be done. We have a system that is so far beyond repair that we need to step outside of it, let it crumble, let it collapse, no longer participate and find other ways. And I know many of you are working on that. I know I have been working with others to establish a system that actually will work, one that is not invested in, what will we say, drugging for profit in a monopoly setting? Innovation doesn't occur there. Killing fields occur there, and that's what we're witnessing. So if you haven't made plans to join us at the Health Freedom Expo and the other events that are coming up, I've got a Health Freedom event the following Saturday, 22nd of October in uh, Pittsburgh area, Beaver Falls area. Thanks to Health Hut, I'll be there with Dr. James Linesweiler and others uh, coming together in health and freedom, speaking about ways to get well and stay well, as well as the concepts of freedom and how they are implemented. Not in fear, not cowering in fear, but in a knowledge and a direct connection to the source of all healing, which is our divinity, your divinity. Yet so much in the allopathic world works against that connection to the spirit, to spirit, to the divine love, to the healing that would happen that they would intentionally block by keeping that love and that prayer out of those areas or physically blocking you from being present with your loved one in the midst of this suffering. (sighs) All right. Um, As we go in, we're rolling in. I know we're a little late in the hour, too, but I couldn't stop. I didn't want to stop Curtis in the story. I don't know how many times he's told it, but it's what a journey through that to understand where we are as a culture, as a society. In the Western world, particularly by adopting the medical monopoly as our only way to go. And then I want to get into the discussion of how it manifests even worse within socialized systems that have been wrongly perceived to be much more kind and loving and caring and supportive, yet it's as much a disaster as our pretend free market medicine, which is not free market medicine. It's not true capitalism. It's a monopoly, folks. We have a medical monopoly in in the United States of America. And even though you have access to care in, in a system like this, the care you perceive you're getting and you find out it wasn't so caring or helpful or healthful, If you try to do it in a socialized system, we're going to talk about that in a moment. I want to bring Super Don in the mix just for any commentary on what we've experienced and witnessed thus far on today's show. Definitely uh, as intense as any interview that I've ever done.
1: Yeah, no, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I mean, the whole time, just, uh, you know, and it was just (laughs) angry, uh, heartbroken. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like look, look, you could tell by 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 looking at uh, at mm-hmm. Curtis, he's 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 all he's a hundred percent dude. I mean, and you know, um, I had so I I had kind of a flashback going on there to some mm-hmm. of the conversations I remember having with some some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm gonna get emotional uh yeah. back in the day uh when we were talking about the medical kidnapping situation right and some of the dads that I had conversations with that were that were uh uh experiencing the, you know heartbreak uh and and crying and uh you know man i just i can't imagine what it would be like to be in in, in somebody's situation like that you know mm-hmm. in his shoes uh Oh, where your wife, you know, is, is, you know, you, 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 you are the protector uh, of your spouse and it goes both ways mm-hmm. and to, to not be able to do anything and have that taken away from you and to watch something like that unfold. Mm-hmm. um, And it's plain as day that people are effing up left and right. Yeah. And yeah. whether it's, it's uh, unwittingly or, intentionally and not having the ability to do anything about it, I, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Oh, yeah, you're talking uh, about feeling disempowered, right? Powerless. <laughs> I mean, you think a system that was designed to help you wouldn't disempower you, wouldn't make you feel powerless, wouldn't incite you to panic attacks that could end up killing you. Or right violence. I or mean, violence.
1: come on, man, yeah. you know? I
0: mean. Yeah, this, this system is demonic at this point. I, there's, you can't sugarcoat it. Nor that we would, not that I have, but as you bring up the hospital kidnappings that we covered over years ago and you were very intimately connected and it was overwhelming then, what would we say about the system? Has it really changed or has it always been this way, just more subtly impacting a smaller community or group of people as opposed to today where it's broad-based and it's after everybody?
1: Yeah, I mean, all, all you know. All I can say is, don't let your guard down ever. Right, you know, and um, that isn't situations like this. Even if you keep your guard up, they they can still figure out a way to yeah to make those things happen. And so um, you are going. I like you know. I, I I like what he was saying as far as you know what it is his advice, mm-hmm. what is he wants to do, and and I know we we talked with him a little bit behind the scenes before we went to air, um and. You know, this is a uh, it's an unfortunate situation that then turns into action, right? And that that's where he's going with this. And I I get the feeling that you know uh, he's still struggling, sure, with with trying to process what's going on. But at the same time, he he has uh, he has a plan, which is helping other people have a plan, mm-hmm. which is important. And I'm looking forward to see what he does with this. And I'm going to try and keep it <clears throat> keep it in touch with him. Uh, because I'd like us to to support him if there's any way that we can on on doing exactly that, where, you know, if he can go out and help people be prepared Mm -hmm. for when something like this comes up and they end up having to go to a hospital, something like that, and knowing the ins and the outs and knowing the tricks that they can play and being able to be prepared and walk in with a plan and Mm -hmm. being able to have some kind of safety net, you know. Yeah. I think that's a great idea that he has there. Sure. Oh, well, um, we need
0: more advocates. We need to push back against this or even better, let them crumble, let them die. And I'm talking about the hospitals and that system and let's rebuild anew, like the Phoenix rising from the ashes, a system that actually honors the healing that is needed and disavows any kind of monopolistic control, totality of control over innovation in healthcare sacred doctor-patient relationships, and open and welcome all doctors in the sense of not just one version of what you consider healing. As I talked about in the opening of the show today, allopathic medicine is emergency warfare medicine. It's all about triaging, but now they're triaging people to death in a situation that doesn't acknowledge other ways to bring people back to life by not poisoning them. You know, you're alive, Super Don, I believe, because you didn't get admitted to the hospital when you were suffering what what they call the COVID manifestations of symptoms.
1: Yeah, looking back on it now, with everything that I've seen and and heard, Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows what could have happened there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I count myself as lucky, even though, you know, what I went through was, was, was pretty rough. But you know what? I'm still here. Yeah. Right? You know? And some people aren't.
0: Well, I mean, people like Richard Pearl, who, you know, by and large, was a healthy dude, too, and knew what to do to take care. And he ends up in a hospital and they kill him. And uh, again, one of many, many, many stories, some more vulnerable than others. But in all cases, even people who aren't vulnerable, they make sure that you become vulnerable by being in that prison system called the hospital.
1: Robert, you know, there's a pattern here, you know, in a lot of these stories that that we've heard from people where it's just, you know, it starts off very just, hey, you know, you got this problem, that problem. We're going to take a look at you, you know, come over here and sit down, let's run some tests and stuff like that. But correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there comes a point Mm -hmm. where suddenly... People are not allowed to be around, and the the people just go downhill rapidly. It's just like boom, boom, and then they're I, dead.
0: Isolation just, is deadly.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just like yeah. what, you know, stuff happens behind closed doors, and suddenly, yeah. suddenly they're intubated on a ventilator, yeah. given drugs that they're not that they don't need that aren't 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 appropriate. Aren't even you know,
0: appropriate. Yeah, I mean, look. You're treating pneumonia, even if the negative COVID It's happened.
1: hard not to look at that and go, you know what? At the very least, these people were highly incompetent. Incompetent,
0: Yeah, but that's being con- – At
1: the very worst, yeah. They're criminal they, they murderers. did it intentionally. And it's like you look at that and you go, how could they do that and not know that what they were doing was the wrong thing? Well, you,
0: you know, when I come back to this concept of like they need to find God – I say that, not saying that. Oh, they have to find this religion or that because look, we have a plurality of beliefs. I always am sensitive to where people are at, but some semblance of what brings you to this is right and this is wrong. Some way to plug back into that concept of this is a this is horribly wrong, and we cannot will not participate. Where are the doctors and nurses? Some have spoken up, and we feature them as much as we can, but too many. Have gone silently into complicity and are guilty by not acting, by not speaking up.
1: Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to hear story after story. And you know what the thing is, is, there's a this is not an isolated thing. There's there's not at all. there's so many other stories pattern. like this, and there's huge, a pattern. Huge pattern.
0: So it's yeah. it's right for everybody to see. It's not even the medical matrix that you've been trained to see, Superdon. Anybody could and should see this. And if they're not, they don't want to. And then that's part of the problem. You know, if you want to know what happened, yes, as Vera Sharab says at the time, leading up to the Holocaust of 20th century in Nazi Germany, would you have spoken up? Would you have gotten in the way? You now know where you are, where your friends or family members are, where the doctors, the pharmacy, where are they? Would they have allowed it to happen? They are allowing it to happen. In fact, they are actually actively engaged in making sure it happens. And that's not what we're going to do. That's not what we do ever here on the Robert Bell Show. So again, thank you. God bless you, Curtis Bay, for sharing your story. And it's only one, again, many. I have to say, and I want to say thank you to those that make this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible two hours a day, six days a week. You know, one of those folks uh, out there, Tor, who I've interviewed about his de-limonene that distillate from the orange peel that is safely being used as an intervention when you've got bugs that you don't want around you in your greenhouse, and your lawn, or particularly in your house, roaches and ants and things, safely use something that's not killing you and causing you cancer. OrangeGuard, orangeguard OrangeGuard.com, you can get it at your local Ace Hardware store, you can get it at Whole Foods or you can get it directly by going to OrangeGuard.com. And I would encourage you, please send in your pictures when you get the orange guard and we'll add it to the collage. Text that picture into askrsb at gmail.com, askrsb at gmail.com. And we're going to do a giveaway later in the month, toward the end of the month here, October 2022. And thank you to that. Also, seriously, sincere thanks to Jamie Dorley and the family at Nutritional Frontiers. I mean, they have been investing in education, bringing people in. like our friend Tracy Strout and, you know, many amazing doctors, therapeutics, scientists to come together and talk about what we've all been experiencing and finding pathways and substances and supplements to strengthen immunity, to help recover, help prevent genuinely without poisoning people. These are people that are courageous in the midst of all the COVID stuff that they never went away. They never hid behind things. And by the way, yeah, Superdome's got a UT Cleanse. An improved formula. We've had some a lot of questions about urinary tract issues. This would be a great formula if you're at all concerned about urinary tract health, this UT cleansing. You can use the code RSB fifteen when you go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. Of course, all of their wonderful certified organic US grown hemp products are amazing. We use them regularly. Also, the RSB fifteen discount code is theirs, even when things are on sale. The Robert Scott Bell Show audience, the family, you guys and gals can double dip with that RSB15 code at NutritionalFrontiers.com. Keeping people's heart healthy and happy, Cardio Miracle. John Hewlett's going to join us at the, the Health Freedom Expo for the first time. Uh, David Martin is going to be there. We got lots of presentations that are going to be extraordinary, and I hope that you'll be there at 14th and 15th, is it, or 15th and 16th? I, there it is. Thank you. 15th and 16th, Saturday, Sunday coming up outside of Chicago, Tinley Park Convention Center. Paul Barriter will be there with us, molecular hydrogen. I'll be pouring shots of silver and copper. Jonathan from choose behealthycom If you haven't met him and Sherry Neal, all the whole food supplements, 100% whole food supplements you want to get access to, we get from choose be healthy.com. You'll have access to them right there at the Health Freedom Expo. And then as I said the following week in the 22nd, we'll be at the Health Huts event, Health Freedom. And the uh, 12th and 13th of November will be at Salt Lake City, the Salt Palace Convention Center for the Red Pill Expo. Dr. David Martin will be there as well. And uh, just amazing opportunities to get together. And as I said, isolation is deadly. Anytime they try to isolate you, whether it be in a hospital or in your home, don't come out. You know they are engaged in nefarious Luciferian agendas that are not to the benefit of your health and longevity. I think that's become clear. I hope that's become clear for you. Now, talking about politics is not something I enjoy doing. But if we talk about political systems, we acknowledge there's capitalism, there's socialism, there's communism, there's a lot of isms. None of them are working truly as what we would call a free market where we engage in choices, the freedom to choose, what I believe agency that is granted to us not by government but by God to make choices in freedom which I think is a far superior approach than any other ism. Even if you'd say capitalism is supposed to be free market, it's crony in America. A free market means that you have the freedom to innovate, to provide goods and services that people want, not through coercion, deception, and force and fraud. That's what the government embraces and endorses with monopoly systems of medicine, like modern medicine. In a free market, it would still exist, in a far narrower place where it was appropriate, and the doctors themselves would be free to innovate outside of their allopathic Flexner Report school training to look at everything as a deficiency of drugs. That's part of what I'll be talking about at the Red Pill Expo as well. And if we look at the economics of these isms, in freedom, we have the ability to afford things because there's competition. That allows for innovation to provide services and goods at lower prices to compete in a marketplace of ideas and services and goods, and the best will rise to the top outside of the crony type of capitalism, capitalism that does exist today. Freedom we haven't tried in decades, not in healthcare, not in the West, not in the East, not any, I don't know in the I don't know anywhere. Maybe if you're out in the jungles of, I don't know, Peru, and you can access things without government intervention, interference, and pharmaceutical influence, you would access the herbs of your ancestry for thousands of years, whether it be considered an Ayurvedic system, a Chinese medicine system, beyond communism, not communist China. Many systems of medicine, homeopathy, herbalism, go back hundreds, if not thousands of years. And don't harm, don't kill the way that the modern medical system, the Monopoly Practices Act kills. Article out of Forbes about socialized medicine in the United Kingdom, the NHS system, National Health Service. My wife was witness to that. She grew up part of her years in England and saw the inefficiencies of socialized medicine. We have friends in Canada that know it. Most of the places around the world engage in single payer systems called socialized medicine considered to be much more caring and loving. Yet in all of those systems, they are providing a monopoly for care or treatment being pharmaceutical because all of those countries and their agencies have been captured as well by a pharmaceutical construct and allopathic medicine. Warfare intervention, when there's not even war other than the war that your government has declared on you by limiting your freedom to choose the health care that you desire without encumbrance, without artificial obstacle from those who would monopolize health care into disease creation and disease management as it is in allopathic medicine outside of emergency trauma interventions. Now, the country of England, we have many listeners on UK Health Radio. Inflation is at almost 10%, the official, unofficial, whatever, higher than in the United States. The pound is now gone parity or less than the U.S. dollar. And the Brits think, well, we've got our healthcare system. We've got our socialized medicine, 74 years old. Well, it turns out they're in a major cost crisis as well. One official in England has called it the greatest work for workforce crisis in history, a massive shortage of doctors and nurses. The NHS now has 6.8 million patient backlog. And so what they're doing is engaging in private insurance participation.
1: Wait a minute. Hold on. 6.8 yeah. million patient, patient backlog? That patient ba- I means... Is- Yeah. 6.8 million people are like running behind and waiting for treatment. Yeah, correct. Socialized
0: medicine, it's so efficient, right? So what are they doing? They're going back to the private market, like in America where we have a semi-private market where you can, you know, you probably can get care pretty quickly. But they'll say, well, it's so expensive, it'll bankrupt you. Yeah, true. A monopoly is never going to be inexpensive. It's only going to be more expensive. You know, that was the question I had when we had Steve Kershaw He made that comment about monopolies can be bad, monopolies can be good. I'm like, uh, tell me about the good side of the monopolies. Maybe we'll get them back on and go to that discussion point. You are allowed to have private health insurance, but, of course, you're already taxed to pay for the socialized system that is unaffordable now and is bankrupting the country. And it's not just rich people that have it. Poor people are spending about the same amount, apparently, on private medical care. One-third of patients, British patients are on waiting list for potentially life-saving cardiac care. They've been queuing for more than four months, about 95,000 people, nearly 100,000 people. 61, only 61% of NHS patients start treatment within 18 weeks of referral. Divide that by four. That's four and a half months or so. Over four months, you got, here's your referral to go to the person we think you need. Now you have to wait almost four, four and four and a half, five months. 377,000 British patients waiting over a year for treatment and over 2,800 of them been waiting over two years and many stories of people dying long before they could get treatment and you hear that oh in America where it's so harsh you can't get treatment it's like they're, they're not allowed to turn you away at hospitals why you'd want to go to a hospital this is why I believe what we do here on the Robert Scott Bell show is so important to keep you out of the hospital to genuinely give you options on health and healing methods to keep you strong And if you weaken temporarily, how to get you back on top of things. And I acknowledge and understand that life, some would say it's a terminal disease. I don't like to say it that way because there's evidence in the past and in certain areas around the country or the world, I shall say, very few areas where people live into their 100s and they don't die of a disease. They simply, they've had a good long life and it's time to go. Well, we work hard on profiting off of disease creation and disease management and get all the money out of you on the way out and cause a quality of life decline all along the way as they claim well we helped you live longer and in fact if you remove the statistics associated with infant mortality which was greatly enhanced in terms of the the protection and care of young babies and children through the 20th century through advances in uh, sanitation sewage hygiene etc not vaccination that's a lie but in that, in that century, we had tremendous, let's say, statistical claims of longer lifespans that were really attributed to the elimination of many childhood and infant deaths that skewed statistics down to shorter lifespans when you average it out. People are not living longer per se, but fewer were dying in childhood. That gave the illusion of those that would live long. There were people living long back then as well. The question is why? How? Is it all genetics? No, it's much more than that. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and if we recognize what they are, we work on shoring up those weaknesses. And yes, longevity is possible, but also recognize that longevity has a lot to do with purpose and mission. Do you have a reason for being here? Is there something that you love and that you cherish and that you, you want to help or be part of? And if you don't have that, of course, at a certain point, you go, what's the point? Why am I here? And look at the NHS. It's going bankrupt. And the, the workers within it, check this out. Nurses and other health staff in the UK are leaving the profession for better paying jobs. Health staffers are heading for hospitality and retail jobs that are paying more than the things that they're being paid to do under COVID stress. And even the money they're getting, you say it's not worth it. The stress has become so ridiculous, you can't compensate me enough to stay. And many of these are people that went in to help people because they thought, health care, what a great, great thing to do. And they say the mental, physical, and financial well-being of staff is, is just not being met. 61% report a rise in mental health sickness and absence, and they're leaving in droves making the crisis that the NHS is suffering and other socialized systems suffering even worse. And COVID-19 was the final straw, apparently, but for some of them, for a lot of folks. Isn't this a fascinating journey we're on? Even if we do nothing, that system will collapse because it can't sustain itself economically. But the people that make it go, that get supported somewhat economically by being paid for what they do, can no longer withstand working in that environment. Sure, they're not getting paid enough, but even then, the consideration for quality of life is like, hey, I'll go work retail. Maybe I'll get paid the same more, maybe a little less, but I won't be as stressed as what they're putting me through at NHS, for instance. Or the hospital settings where the overt now killing fields are harming the very spiritual essence of those who work there, who may have gone in for all the right reasons to help people, to support people. And what's going to destroy all of this? I'd like to say it's because people recognize it's wrong to do these things, but it's probably not going to be that that destroys it. It's going to be the economics of scale that cannot be sustained. Born out of fiat money systems. We have a Federal Reserve in the United States connected to the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. Pretty much all the systems of money on the planet are tied to that IMF World Bank system, including the British pound. Which has no sterling silver actually attached to it anymore than the dollar is attached to gold and silver. Except that which you can exchange for it, which I highly recommend you doing while you still can't. It's unsustainable economically. And for those of you who would like to, you know, have good quality health care. Pawning it off to third-party private or semi-private or government insurance agencies to cover, fund uh, to fund, I guess, treatment in a monopoly system, again, is a dead-end, emphasis on debt as well. In freedom, there is innovation. In monopoly, there is stagnation. We have so much of our government that has been purchased, bought off, whether it be in England, Canada, U.S., Australia, New Zealand, various European nations that these government agencies have been co-opted and captured by industries that, guess what, cause disease, including cancer, or including immune diminishment, making you more vulnerable to anything that we consider COVID to be. NBC now is covering this even. This is amazing. Headline at NBC News, a potentially cancer-causing chemical is sprayed on much of America's produce. How high is exposure near you? Now, it's not news for you here on the Robert Scott Bell Show to know about glyphosate, this weed killer. But how about NBC News covering this? And if you scroll down through this article, you can actually see wherever you live in the United States, you can scroll over to find out if you're in one of the most heavily sprayed areas of formerly Monsanto, now Bayer's product. And, of course, you can see Monsanto land, as we used to call it, the heartland, the Midwest, Illinois, Iowa. A little bit of Nebraska, where a lot of the corn and soy is. Indiana. I mean, it's brutal there. Some parts of California. And you can see in the, in the southwest and some of the Pacific Northwest, depending on where you are, a little bit in the extreme uh, New England area of northeast, where there's little to no, relatively speaking, glyphosate. But there are areas that are just brutal in these states. And it might be your neighbor's brain. It might not be modern mass chemical factory farmed agriculture, but it might be as well. Look in Montana, how much is being done up there. Rape, canola, corn, soy, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. Man, it is brutal out there. And of course, the whole Mississippi River basin right down into the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico. We got a lot to recover from. And if you're not detoxifying your body, I don't know what you're doing. And this brings to light, Super Don. We have the same company that produced the Zeolite that we use, Touchstone Essentials. We had this $5 introductory offer. I don't know if it's a couple of months ago now. And we said, boy, this is an amazing opportunity for people to access things that they desperately need. And they've offered one more special offer this week. We've got a week-long promotion for the same company that did the Zeolite that we use now has Fulvic Minerals Plus, Touchstone Essentials, and they have Fulvic Minerals Plus. It's very simple to use, and I've been utilizing it now for a few days since I got mine, and it's certainly certainly something that can shore up our mineral deficiencies very simply, very quickly. And it's only going to cost you five bucks. That includes shipping if you're in the UK, you're in Europe, you're in Australia, you're in America, Canada, United States, all of these places you can get this. They've told us this before. Your first bottle for five bucks. Give it a try, 30 day money back guarantee. And if you want, you can get on auto ship and take advantage of the ongoing discounts. But this is a product that you will utilize the fulvic acid, the minerals, again, third party validated, verified to be clean. So that you don't have any of the contaminants that often come with other forms of these things that are out there, and these trace minerals and a little bit of the zeolite to help as well. Fulvic Minerals Plus Super Don, did you say you sent out an email for this five dollar introductory offer? Did you know I
1: did? Email went out this morning, and now I'm going, I'm going throughout the week. I'm going to be sending emails out on this um, because the the uh, the the deal only lasts a week. A week. And so we want to make sure that you get access to this. So if you are interested, please check your email if you're signed up for the newsletter. If you're not, you can either sign up at the website or we do this is such a cool way to be able to do this. So I'm glad that we we discovered this. You can just text uh, the letters RSB to 22828 and it'll get you plugged in on the newsletter and you'll get the information on this in addition to all the other stuff that we send out. Uh, you can also go to the website and click on the banner, as I'm showing here on the, on the website in the upper right-hand corner, to, uh, to get the deal on that. Yeah, go full screen on that so
0: they can see that. And, and especially, again, considering all the toxic poisons, the damage to the gut for various reasons, including this glyphosate, these fulvic minerals plus a little bit of the, uh, the zeolite is going to be very helpful to all of us. And you can get it now for five bucks. It's an introductory special. Go through it. Thirty day money back guarantee. You're under no obligation to continue if you don't want it. You don't like it. Doesn't work. But my you gosh, just cancel. Yeah. Get on it, it for five bucks and see what it does for you. And I think you'll end up staying on it, supporting detoxification, all of these things that it does. The fulvic acid, trace minerals, and the clean zeolite that we utilize here. So I, I'm just excited that we have that offer. If if you hadn't seen it, heard about it, known it, I'd take advantage of it get the, get the 5 buck deal. This week only and I don't know when does it expire?
1: I believe it's Sunday. Sunday that so is between, the 15th. Yeah. All right, so you got only 4 or 5 days. Midnight on Sunday I think is 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 the last the 16th, day.
0: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, please 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 take advantage of that. All right. Uh what else we got? Top 8 worst inventions of the past century. This is an interesting <laughs> article from Natural News. Uh SD Wells put this out. The, these things that decimate people's health and safety. It, you, this you'll definitely not find on NBC News. I can I can guarantee you that. That's why it's such shocking that they acknowledge the danger of glyphosate and the the mass spraying. And check out that article because you can click over the county you live in to find out how bad it is. That's yeah. What it's a want.
1: great interactive map yeah. they've got on there. You want you the
0: Fulvic Minerals to, to bind and, and detoxify? Help help you. Okay, so here we are. The quick list is electroshock therapy. Number one on the list. Our good buddy, <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Emord has fought against the. He fought the against that yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Number two, you won't find this in the mainstream media at all. Vaccines, rather than being the what, what do they call it the the greatest invention of modern everything everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. we would argue, no, it's a devastating violation of our fundamental immune response and necessity to interact with the world and facilitate immune strengthening, not weakening, through toxic poison injections number three chemotherapy which you know they converted mustard gases from world war one that were designed to kill people modulated their potency i suppose so they didn't kill you outright to kill cancer faster than it kills you and more often than not it kills you faster than it kills the Mm -hmm. cancer number four on the list agent orange agent orange during to use to defoliate again i think it was dupont was that one I mean, these are all part of the same criminal enterprises on planet Earth, like uh, DuPont and Monsanto, etc. Now, Bayer, Agent Orange, devastated, caused so many cancers of those that were in the jungles of Southeast Asia that are in the Vietnam Police Action. DDT, they say, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. DDT eradicated mosquitoes, eradicated on and on, on and on. and on. well, DDT was polio, primarily in the twentieth century. DDT caused polio, not a virus. Number six on the list is great. Facebook, <laughs> in the last century, Facebook is yeah. one of the most yeah destroying our health. You know, I think I see that one as a double edged sword because we know that on one level it's been able to we've been able to communicate things to many people around the world we couldn't before. Yet they've played it's a double edged sword, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that one's a mixed bag. Number seven on the list is the spike protein injections of mRNA. That's a recent occurrence the mrna technology i think it's devastatingly stupid and i say fundamentally from a a perspective of of dna genetic integrity to have man create synthetic rna to interact with your dna i just don't find that to be a wise thing to do number eight on the list google google yeah no same thing it's it's provided some fascinating things that have allowed for communication and searching of information at the same time now that they got you, they throttle you, they misdirect you, they call you purveyors of misinformation, disinformation, etc. And the reality is they are now those purveyors because they don't want you to see the natural health information we provide for you here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. There, there's breakouts. there's more detail on in this article if you want to check it out. If you're getting the newsletter, you've already seen it. I don't know who the most popular or what the most popular article was today, Super D. But you can certainly let me know before we go one more time uh, It was
1: it. the opening story that we did today uh, the Becker, from Becker News about the, uh, making kids miserable. That right, is the top yeah. story of the day on the newsletter.
0: The coercion, the deception, the evil that our government has engaged in. in. Hey, we're going to make your children's lives miserable and not let them do the things they'd love to do as kids unless they get jabbed. Yeah.
1: Second most popular article, how to eat healthily on just 3 bucks a day. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a good one to know about. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't want to hear read about that one, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially in this economy. Sure. What was there a poll question of the day as well? There is actually, and it uh goes into um I, I you know, I, I don't even know why. Whoa. Sometimes why I just come up. Here? <laughs> I just come up with these things. They pop into my head. Okay. And so just out of curiosity, I just see, you know, it's put our finger on the pulse of our subscribers. So, here's you put as a, uh, another
0: option? There should be no such thing as an income tax for anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Where's the Ron Paul uh, selection on exactly. this one? Here, right? left yeah left it out. Should wealthy people Simple pay a higher question. tax Simple question. Yeah. Should wealthy people pay a higher tax rate than poorer people? Yeah. Well, yes?
0: graduated income tax is a key plank to the Communist Manifesto,
1: just so you know when you enter yeah. that. Yeah. So we got a couple minutes here since you asked. Uh-huh question should wealthy people pay a higher tax rate than poorer people yes no or not sure what do you think people answered on uh, our Ooh, subscribers what do you gosh, think the answer? Is, I mean the, the more the, no,
0: the biggest inclination will be of course yes will be the answer more than not but for those that understand what I said about the communist manifesto and a graduated income tax you'll say no in fact you should have had that there should be no income tax at all I mean there are other ways to to uh, raise funds for government that don't involve that um, so, I, I I don't know. I think it's going to be a mix, but more yes than no.
1: More yes than no. Well, mm-hmm. so it's
0: Could be close. What do you got? How about. Uh, oh, look at that. Yeah, my, I felt it. That's what I felt. A little bit more <laughs> yes than no. But I think it's significant that there's a lot of no's there. That tells there's
1: a lot of no's about. there. In fact, when I checked, it was 30 minutes before airtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was split exactly evenly yeah. between yes and no.
0: See that, At 46.9%.
1: You know,
0: look, wealth envy, I mean, there's a lot of ill-gotten gains. We talk about the monopoly systems, the economic system being rigged and gained. I get that, but in a fiat system, you know, the poor people are going to get poorer. The rich are going to get richer because they touch the money first. And, you know, that's the system we don't go into in a, in a little a question poll question like that. You can go to the nuances, but I sense that we have a, a good amount of, of you that understand that. More than most shows as far as the audience. So more people than not would be like predominantly, Oh yeah, of course. You know, but, uh, you have a nuanced understanding of the tax system. So that's good. Finally, speaking of taxes, go to New Zealand and that buffoon of a, of a, of a prime minister and the government itself. They are now proposing that they should tax cow burps.
1: <laughs> cow burps should be taxed. And apparently cow pee as well. Cal and P I don't well, understand. Yeah. You know long just long story short mm-hmm. didn't the dinosaurs burp too yeah they probably but, had bigger burps than the cows, right mm-hmm is that why they did they became extinct? I don't know, yeah,
0: well, this is all global warming nonsense again, it is uh, as if the cows are gonna cause the air to heat up, look methane gas emissions from cows, yeah, that's real, tooting humans, yeah, that's real. Carbon dioxide, yeah, that's real, but the plants actually like carbon dioxide, and if you want a greener planet that produces more food, you should be happy for CO2. Dude, what's
1: wrong with New Zealand? Uh, there's something so
0: messed up. What's going on there? You're right. <laughs> that's a good question to ask. When we were talking with Laban, our buddy Laban from New Zealand and Australia, he said, man, I would gladly trade New Zealand citizenship for uh, American. Anybody want to trade? He said, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people from America were going to New Zealand until they found out, oh, it ain't so good you thought it was. And and no knock on the people from New Zealand that love listening to this show. We love and appreciate you and prayers go to you and Aussies as well, because you're finding yourself in a disastrous situation with a government that has completely gone totalitarian. I say completely. I mean, yeah, there are evidence. There's evidence of other countries that have gone more than that, but from a Western style freedom democracy to what you see today, tell me how free you are. How about you Canadians with the Trudeau government, the World Economic Forum impacting everywhere? Wouldn't you rather be in America? despite all of our shortcomings, I'm glad I'm here, and I'm going to still do my best to restore a Republican form of government. And that leads to Jonathan E. Mord, who we'll have on for Thursday, Uh, and he's uh, his exploratory committee to run for the U.S. Senate out of Virginia. We'll talk more about that on Thursday's show as well. So thanks for being here. Um, Once again, Curtis, God bless you. Thank you for sharing your story. That was rough. It was hard, but we need to do that. And if you have questions or comments, you could submit them at robertscatbell.com. Again, sign up for our uh, newsletter text rsb to 22828 or just come on over to com. share the show become a patron supporter help us out and uh continuing this message and my gosh we are so appreciative of all y'all that do and uh back uh with the bonus round in 60 seconds from now because the power to heal despite all of the obstacles is still yours All right, uh, bonus round. I know that I've got to do some recording at the bottom of the hour uh, with uh, Jonathan Emore. We have Thursdays is a travel day as I'm heading to the Health Freedom Expo, but we will have a full two hour new show. So don't think that oh he's not here live on Thursday. We don't. There's there's some things that you're going to want to hear and learn about on Thursday. In fact, the second hour I've got unaired interviews from two previous events that we're going to air as well.
1: So. You remember when we used to, when we were in schools, kids, yeah. and and you'd come in, walk into class, and if you saw the the TV on the cart mm-hmm. with the, uh, the 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 VCR, you were right. like, yes, "Yes, all right." Yeah. No, there's no TV with a VCR on Thursday. Yeah, new show. It's going to be a regular show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's a good thing.
1: All right.
0: So um, looking at comments coming through. Comments and questions. Charles Pixley on our website, uh, on our uh, chat room, The exec- he says the executive producer of Dr. Tenpenny's show uh, for Michelle Tavares, her dad, was murdered by Sarasota Memorial last year in August. I was there. She, he had a sugar spike, not even the flu. Yeah, I know. I've heard that, that story. I think we've referenced it a bit on this show as well. Again, more folks being killed by the hospital protocols with or without a COVID test being positive. Sherry Neal says they're going to have a show special on The Missing Link and a few other items when you come to the Health Freedom Expo and you'll see the Choose to be Healthy booth with Jonathan Wagner will be there. I will be there. I'll have my own booth for the Robert Scott Bell Show, and I'll be pouring shots of silver and copper. Paul Baratara will be there with uh, the molecular hydrogen. We'll have hydrogen water to drink, echo water. Uh, Cardio Miracle will be there with a booth as well, so we've got a whole bunch of folks that are going to get together and have great opportunities to connect and try things and, you know, get healthy and stay healthy uh, at the Health Freedom Expo. That's going to be awesome.
1: Excellent. Let's see what we've got coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. On the Robert Scott Bell Show. Let's check the calendar here. See. Let's see what Kevin's been up to here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin we'll see Kevin and he'll be at the Health Freedom Expo Scott Shara, uh my your, my amazing grace your amazing grace here it is here it is I got it everybody's sure. amazing our amazing grace dot net yes, yes. our amazing
1: so let's see here tomorrow in uh, first hour we'll have Tessa Lena mm-hmm uh, you'll have to tune in to find out who Tessa Lena is and I think we might have Ty Bollinger back tomorrow. okay, but I'll have to check.
0: Yeah, Ty and Charlene are gonna be heading to the Health Freedom Expo too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then Thursday we'll have the pre-recorded show mm-hmm. that everybody has to watch. and uh, Friday you'll be live from the uh, Health Freedom Expo.
0: Yeah are we getting and it's more people, be a heck of a weekend. Are we getting more people finding us on Rumble now?
1: Um, we are actually I just got a notification just a few minutes ago, another person following us so slowly but surely. Yeah, people are finding out that we're on Rumble. And, Why did it take
0: um, us so long to do Rumble? Do we know how that happened?
1: Because we weren't able to go live without having to pay for an upgrade, like a, a thing. But right. I, I apparently, after you have a certain number of, of, of subscribers to your channel, then you're able to broadcast live. Well, we still have to pay for Rumble, don't we? No, every we don't. month.
0: We don't have a monthly fee to be on Rumble. I thought we did. Nope, not on Rumble oh thank goodness because we got a lot of monthly uh, bills that come in and again yeah. thank you for those of you that are patron supporters especially you help us do the, ba- the the very vital basics in terms of production and getting the show out to the world so thank you what, for your what time.
1: you're thinking of i think is the chat room is called mm-hmm. rumble talk oh that's it because i see that that's bill why it's, talk, it's yeah. a coincidence that they're, okay. <laughs> they're very similar to each other okay the chat room we, we do it does we do, it does cost us on a monthly basis.
0: Okay, well, and there was something else that God I could have sworn that in order to to put up on a private link like for our patron supporters we Vimeo were, was that Vimeo. Yep. Okay. Are we still doing that or no? Yep. We don't need. We are so we are paying we are. for Vimeo.
1: Yeah, one one of the one of the things we do have to pay for in order yeah. to keep the the machine keep the wheels turning on the. On the Robert Scott Bell Show car. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So anyway, that's what's going on this week, and I think that's all I've got at the moment. Okay. I'm guessing you probably want to take a little break before we have to record.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, we got Jonathan E. Moore coming up for Thursday's broadcast because of my travel day, and, yeah, I want to review some of the things we're going to talk to Jonathan about, of course, leading into the— Health Freedom Expo and folks, if you're going to be there, there's going to be a special event. I believe it'll be Friday or Saturday. Which day? I'm Saturday. Probably Saturday after everything, where it's going to be one of the first events where there's a fundraising opportunity and there are really cool, quote unquote, gifts for those that donate there. Um, Jonathan already gave away, I think, a special pen that has been involved in a lot of his uh, litigation over the years, which is cool. Uh, for do we know who was? I don't know. We'll have to ask Jonathan. Maybe he okay. knows. But there'll be opportunities to get some really cool things as well. A nice gift. Thank you from Jonathan to all those who are supporting his efforts to, you know, take this exploratory committee to the point of raising enough where he'll feel like he's got the support to run against Tim Kaine in two years for the U.S. Senate out of Virginia.
1: Dude, it'd be so cool if he got in. Could you imagine oh, Jonathan, you more than the Senate? I mean, yeah. and him teaming up with Paul. Uh, and and yeah a
0: few that actually know the constitution
1: that, that would be an amazing thing it really would
0: yeah cuz he's not a guy that would go i'm i'm promoting this bill i have no idea why i'm Oh he'd
1: be that. schooling half the idea. senate on uh, on on the constitution you yeah. know i mean it would just be a great yeah. great thing mm-hmm. and we'd have him on our show every week <laughs> When was the last time we had a sitting senator doing a weekly, uh, uh, an hour on our our show?
0: When we had Rand Paul on, was he already Senator Rand Paul? I don't know if it was before that
1: or not. Mm, He was running, probably. Yeah, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. He was definitely. Okay. That was a while ago, huh? Yeah, that
0: was a ways back. So yeah, how cool would that be? So folks, uh, if you want to support our buddy Jonathan E. Moore to run for the U.S. Senate out of Virginia, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's see. What do we Oh, you're sending me some things to review for
1: stories. Okay. Yep.
0: Oh yeah, I saw that. Tulsi Gabbard says she's leaving the Democratic Party, calling it an elitist cabal of warmongers.
1: Yeah. So a little little, little sneak peek on what yeah. you guys will be talking about potentially mm-hmm. on Thursday. That did you see Ben Bernanke won a uh, Nobel Prize? For economics, <laughs> good lord. For Fourth, economics. Yes.
0: Freakonomics, not economics.
1: I can only imagine what Jerry Doyle would be saying right now if right. you saw that. Oh, my gosh. He yeah. was a big fan of Bernanke, you know. Uh, what a mess. Um, Yeah. This last story, actually, here just popped up here. And, and this, is a, this is one of those things that makes you get, you know, things that make you go, hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's turned out that China started hoarding PPE, you know, the personal protection equipment.
2: Mhm.
1: In 2019 before long before the uh coronavirus was a thing. Hmm. Could be a co- I mean total coincidence. Right, right. Totally could be, but it kind of makes you wonder, right? Check
0: check this out. This is this is making the rounds to a report uh Rob Bruce MEP breaking in COVID hearing Pfizer director admits the vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission. Get vaccinated for others was always a lie. The only purpose of the COVID passport was forcing people to get the jab. Similar to what we talked about with the Biden administration, going into the schools, get those schools shot up, and let's make it difficult for the kids to not by telling them they can't participate in sports and extracurriculars. This whole thing is a scam, and it's going to come tumbling down, crumbling down. The question is how many people have to die along the way? And uh, I see that Scott Adams just like retweeted it saying um we're just hearing about this now yes yeah, scott adams we told you others have told you about this and you're like you're still a sometimes you, people are, are slow to realize this and yeah darla shine replies to scott adams it was pretty obvious when everyone jab kicked getting covid over and over and over again
1: <laughs> and they still so, are yeah, yeah they still are breakthrough cases you know, they call them right yeah. Some people get two or three, you know, testing. Of course, of course, you know, again, then we fall back into the whole testing thing, right? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. tested positive. Well, what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm.
0: How many people are going to have to do mea culpas on all of this stuff that they were, you know, foisting on us going, how dare anybody not get the jab? You people are evil. And it's like you were scammed, people, folks, not here. I know you know this, but people that were not listening to the Robert Scott Bell show had no earthly idea that all this was going on. Yeah. Yep. All right. Any other questions or comments before I take a quick break? Then come back and do some recording.
1: No, I think we're good. If there's anything we've missed, you can always submit your questions or your comments at robertscottbell.com. You can always give us a phone call too. We do. We actually encourage it. We don't get many uh, many uh, messages, but if you. Feel inclined to do so? You can leave us a voicemail or a comment at 866 939 2355 and um, we'll put it on the air and we'll address your question, your comment. Comments are good too. Yeah. Quite, you don't have to have a question. You know, if there's something you just want to sound off on the poll of the day, mm-hmm. a story that we were talking about, an interview that we had that day, uh, how handsome I am. You know, I mean, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it all. Yeah. Robert, uh, you're so distracted. You didn't even hear what I said.
2: I'm, gone. I'm, <laughs> gone. I'm already on the next
0: episode. I got you. I mean, I'm like,
1: oh, I could tell by your time. reaction. You were, you were in yeah. the zone. That's
0: um, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Thank you That's for okay. uh, saying whatever you said. I'm sure it's I great. By the way. on your, on your receding hairline. No, oh, thank you. No, I, wasn't, no I, didn't. I didn't. Thank you for not. Well, making you listen. (laughs) Fulvic Minerals Plus, five bucks. Yes, this week only, expiring Sunday. There you go. You got it. Go get them. Five bucks. No,
1: no risk really. Five bucks. Click on the banner at the top, upper right hand corner of the website, or uh, check your email
0: into my Echo Water, one to two mL, whatever you want. Just drop it into your water, drink it. Boom, it's in. That's what I'm doing. So, thank you all for being here once again. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow, less than twenty two hours from now, and then uh, heading to the Health Freedom Expo soon. So, we'll look forward to seeing all y'all there. Check it out, sign up, and what happened, Super D? You okay?
1: I survived.
0: So, all right, let's play some Mickey-friendly music on
1: the way out here. All right, see you guys tomorrow.